time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. On today's hot topic, I am excited to have Scott Rose, who's Chief Innovation Officer at Class Valuations. Scott has over 18 years of valuation industry experience, and prior to joining Class, he was the Vice President of Valuation Connect and served two terms as the former Vice Chair of the Colorado Board of Real Estate Advisors. Today, you're going to hear him talk about the current challenges in the valuation space, we're going to talk also about some types of appraisal technology that is possible today. Very interesting, as well as the value this brings to lenders. We're looking forward to sharing this interview that we just recorded. So, all right, let's get this started. Folks, I'm excited to have Scott Rose, Chief Innovation Officer with Class Valuations, joining me on the call. Scott, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, David. appreciate it. I want our audience to get to know you a little bit, Scott. So tell us, did you get in the mortgage industry or in the appraisal side of the business by accident or intentionally? <laughs> well, it's kind of both, I suppose. You know, as a lot of uh, real estate appraisers end up in the profession, whether it's family or friends. One of my great friends growing up had an older brother who was an appraiser. And so I found myself working in the uh, appraisal offices in the uh, summer times. Oh, good. Would, yeah. Would run back and forth to the one-hour photo store and, and print out paper copies of appraisals <laughs> and glue the photos in and deliver them to clients oh, and just kind of the office gopher. And that's how I started. So how did you end up getting connected with the folks at Class Valuation? As you know, Mike Detweiler, our, our CEO, uh, and I have yep. had a long relationship both personally as well as colleagues in the industry and always had a lot of respect for one another and, and you know, hoped to work together one day. And I left Valuation Connect. I was the president there. It was originally Urban Lending Solutions Appraisals. We, we grew that business right. and sold it to uh, Mortgage Connect in 2017. And I left at the beginning of 2018. And right as I was leaving is when Mike and uh, Adam Doktoroff, who is a partner in Narrow Gauge Capital, the firm that acquired Class last March, approached me about this opportunity. And so it's just kind of timing. Uh, just just worked out perfectly. And uh, was able to join in and, and uh, join class in April of, of 2018. Well, as most of you know, class valuations, one of the top AMCs, the top three to be exact, and you were just acquired, as you mentioned. Give us a little more background on class valuations. Absolutely. So class valuation really grew up in the wholesale space. We are by far the largest AMC that operates within the, the wholesale lending aspect of our of our market. And as mentioned in 2018, it was acquired by Narrow Gauge Capital. And really, you know, the opportunity that, that Narrow Gauge and others saw in, in the organization was that had a phenomenal customer service and operating model, very efficient oh, um, operating platform and was fairly sectored in the wholesale space doing traditional appraisal work. And knowing that the industry was about to embark on all these changes saw a great opportunity to kind of leverage that operating platform and start to grow and expand the business into other verticals, as well as really uh, invest in technology 
to really help drive the direction of where the industry is going for the future. Well, you guys have done a great job, and you now have a lot of capital behind you, so we're expecting some great things, and I'm really excited to talk about appraisals. It it really kind of hit my radar again when Housing Wire published an article on August 23rd entitled, Appraisals May Soon Not Be Required on Certain Home Sales of $400,000 and Under. That got my attention. Then you read down later, it says this is not applicable to Fannie Mae loans, Freddie Mac loans, or HUD loans, or VA loans. I'm going, wow, okay, who is this applicable for? And I guess it's for some portfolio product, but talk about that article. I'm sure you read it and uh, have some thoughts on it. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the recent uh, raise in the de minimis level definitely caused a lot of media attention and you know, I know a lot of uh, appraiser uh, organizations were really lobbying to, to keep that down to, to try to continue to uh, require a licensed appraiser to be involved in these in these valuations. You know, as you mentioned, it's, it's probably not going to have a huge impact today with, with Fannie and, and Freddie and HUD, where the majority of the mortgage loans are originated through. It may have a bit more of an impact on home equity lending or other portfolio lending you know, a lot of that has been in the jumbo space, which which probably exceeds that de minimis level, anyways. At least in the in the portfolio side, outside of, of uh, home equity lending. So really, home equity will probably have the biggest impact for today. It's hard to say with privatization and other things taking place what what that might hold for the future if it if it has a broader impact industry wide at that point. But right now, I think it will really be you know, segregated to the, to the home equity lending yeah. market. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. I was, I just wrote, gave some feedback to the editors at Housing Wire because they're doing a follow-up article on this. And, and I, I really said, I don't think this is going to have a big impact, at least not immediately, as long as we're in a Fannie Freddie world. But we're seeing more private securities coming in that could change all that. So we may not be as heavily reliant on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and HUD and VA in the future. So that could bring some changes. But that's more of a change. I want to talk about what's challenging the valuation space today. What would you say are the biggest challenges? Well, you know, I think it depends on the stakeholder's perspective. From users of appraisal services, I think the challenges are are really around cost and capacity and timelines, right? The mortgage market is moving into a much more digital world with instant gratification, right? You can get bank statements pulled electronically. Credit reports are instantaneous. Um, a lot of the credit side has advanced to really streamline and, and decrease cycle time. And so appraisals are continuing to be a, a, a you know long pole in the tent. And I think that pole is getting longer as the uh, um, yeah, other aspects the of the mortgage industry. Yeah. Right? So I, I yep. think that's a big challenge for the appraisal industry today. And then with all this change, change is hard. And if, if you think about it from our perspective, it really boils down to adoption and building adoption uh, within the profession so that the profession can move along with the change without creating too much of an impact there. Well, also the fact that we have a lot of appraisers aging out, getting old and retiring, going away, is that something that you would consider a challenge today? or is Yeah, it gets talked about a lot, and I do. I think that that adds to both challenges, right, because we do have a more limited populace of, of appraisers. And so when we go through refi booms and when, you know, transaction volume goes up, we continue to see these strains, especially in certain areas of the market, of the, of the country, right? Um, everyone knows Washington State, Oregon, Colorado was in there for a long time. There's, right. there's areas where turn times all of a sudden are extending to three and four weeks and costs are going up extensively. And, 
and that's painful yeah. for, for the industry. And I, I do think that's a contributor. Um, and then as well as change, right? Studies show that the older and older we get, the harder and harder it is to uh, accept change and, and, and move a change. So that, that adds to the adoption <laughs> problem too. I do think that some of the technologies that are coming into play, though, in the, in the current market could, could help with that. And we do have a, an aging populace that, that maybe aren't quite ready for retirement, um, and they'd like to extend their working years, but they don't want to be out in the field inspecting properties in the, in the winter in Detroit or in Colorado. And yeah. you know, it's getting harder to walk around the outside of the homes and things of that stuff. And so if we can keep them busy, focused on the analysis at their desk without having to go into the field, maybe it allows them to extend their, their working years while we you know, continue to solve to bring more people into the profession. How do you see that happening? I agree with you. Having grown up in Minnesota, I can't even imagine doing an appraisal right? when it's 20 below out there. I mean, it's miserable. But I've heard uh, drones being used. I've heard all kinds of alternatives to the process of getting evaluation without giving up the appraisal. What are some of the things that are kind of getting you excited that you're hearing about? So, you know, what, what really gets me excited is, is really around digitization of, of a home, of a property. And, and capturing much more rich data sets using, you know, technologies that exist nowadays, right? Computer vision is, is a very powerful technology, and it can glean a lot of information from photographs. And so there's some really cool tech that's, that's uh, being deployed in the, in the market now that is enabling us to, one, really be able to give more transparency and a lot more visibility into a property without being there. And two, within that, it, we, we're expanding our data sets that we're able to capture about the home, under, understanding where things are spatially in, in or around that property. For instance, a view. Now we would know, or is that view visible from a corner bathroom or, or is that view visible from a great room with floor-to-ceiling windows and the back deck or, and the kitchen or master bedroom and things of that that really apply to, to value? We can now capture that within the, in the data set. I want to go into the future of where appraisals are headed in just a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about GSE modernization and some of the initiatives that you're seeing coming out of the GSEs. Talk about that, especially as the chief innovation officer. Is this innovation or is this just a, a small step towards where we need to be? No, I think it, I think it was the starting step, right? And, and some things that have been, you know, the test and learns going on maybe not be as, might not be as innovative, but I do believe that those initiatives are leading to innovation in, in our industry. You know, that, that's a big area that, that we were focused on, and we can, we can talk a little bit more as we move into that topic. But the GSEs is, you know, the FHFA put a couple of directives out, what they call scorecards in 2018, yep. to both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Uh, one was a, a joint um, initiative to work on the UAD uh, data set and the forms redesign. So they said, you know, hey, guys, our, our forms are old. The data set's kind of archaic. Let's, let's look at that and find out what we need to do to, to help advance our profession into the future. And second, each of you individually, we want you to go work on modernizing the appraisal process, the, the valuation process. And so both of them are, are working independently in, on trying to find ways to, to really uh, modernize the appraisal profession. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier when you asked how I started, you know, I started gluing photographs and scratching comps and subject <laughs> arrows on paper appraisals. And I really think the last major change in our industry was the digital camera and email, right? When, when all of a sudden right. we could start sending, you know, copies of appraisals through email versus 
you know, having to use couriers and all the costs of paper and, and courier services to deliver appraisals to, to clients. So within that, the, the real main thing that's, that's kind of transpired is this concept of bifurcation, right? Everybody talks about the bifurcated process. And what does that mean? It's, it's really about splitting the inspection of the property uh, aspect of the, of the overall process of an appraisal right. from the analysis and reporting. And whether you split that between two appraisers or there are some tests that are going on in the marketplace, testing other labor forces like insurance uh, inspectors or real estate agents to perform the inspection part of the process and then have an appraiser at their desktop that receives all that data and information to, to generate a, a, a value conclusion. And the concept is that you know, one, we might not always need a desktop appraisal, right? The the agencies have appraisal waiver programs, both Freddie and Fannie, and some right. of adding the property inspection data is is really allowing them to increase the, the population of waivers that they can provide because when they give appraisal waivers, you know, they did when they, they, they uh, performed a study to understand where their models degrade because they're they depend on that information to run the models they use to generate waivers, the, the information that comes from right. the appraisals themselves. So yeah. if, they, if they decrease that work coming in, the models start to degrade. And, and so it was right around, I think, and don't quote me on this, I want to say it was somewhere between 13 and 15% of waivers is when they started to see uh, model degradation. And by adding property data back into the mix, it helps those models to, from, from continuing to further degrade and they can expand that waiver population, which, you know, that does provide, I know that scares appraisers. I think there's still plenty of appraisal work that will be out there to, to keep oh, yeah. everyone, you know, busy over the time, but you know, it does improve the consumer experience to some extent when uh, it reduces the cost and it gives some level of certainty further up in the, in the process. And, and they're not waiting anxiously to, to find out, you know, when's that appraisal coming in, when's the appraisal coming in, et cetera. Yeah, well, and I'm, it really opens up to appraisal technology. And one of the types of things that you're seeing being piloted today, and where do you see the future of technology? I mean, we're looking at artificial intelligence. We're seeing about all the changes, and it's impacting so many areas. And appraisal industry has a bit of a, been a bit of a laggard, but as industry leaders, class valuations is definitely an industry leader, you have probably a unique perspective on where things are going. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and I think there's a I think there's a good handful of, of leaders in the marketplace today. You know, um, we've, we've got some really great competitors out there that that are working tirelessly to also, you know, help drive our profession forward and you know bring more credibility. I, I think the really important part is we talk about it a lot, like you know, thoughtful change and you know, um, be responsible as we start to test these new ways and these new concepts, ensuring that. Why we are able to decrease cycle times and, and potentially cost, um, I think cycle time is probably more of the of the folk, important focus, that we don't degrade, to, to use that word again, the, the output or the outcome of, of the appraisal process. So we need to bring technologies in that allow us to, you know, reduce those cycle times and, and shorten that long pole in the tent to accommodate the, the instant gratification that, that, you know, our society looks for today, um, while at the same time, improving not degrading but improving the outcome of the uh of the results of the of the valuation and so i think we can't do that without technology some of the tests that have been done up to date have tried using mobile apps and different things but they really haven't been all that that innovative but now you mentioned drones i mean that that's you know possibility i i've 
not really been a, a huge uh, believer in, the, in, in using drones on a broad scale in, in appraisal valuation. For one, you have to find a drone pilot. Is that harder than finding an appraiser? Um, certain <laughs> yeah. days they may not be able to be flown. How do they fly inside the home? Those kind of, those kind of questions that, yep. that come up. But it, it is cool, and everybody gets excited when they, they hear the word drone. But I really think what's going to transform our space is what we, we touched on briefly earlier, and that's, that's computer vision and, and utilizing um, 3D scanning to generate floor plans that are extremely detailed, virtual tours that the desktop appraiser can use to walk through that property as if they were there. They have certain questions. They can zoom in. Very high-quality photography that at the same time leverages computer vision to you know, increase the consistency and reliability of the measurements of the home and capture a lot more information at the same time that we've never been able to capture up to this point. Talk about exactly what class valuation is doing that you're excited about. Some of the things that are a unique value proposition for yourselves. Sure. So we're really all in on 3D scanning and mobile solutions. So what we we believe that in order to decrease cycle times, you need to be able to capture that property information um, right when you're you're done with the inspection itself. We you know today we typically see two to three days between inspection and, and delivery and, and a timeline. So if you can reduce right. that to instantaneous, you know that obviously takes out a huge component of cycle time. And we believe in developing mobile solutions that will make appraisers or, you know, potentially alternate labor forces, although, you know, class is, is definitely focused on the appraiser populace right now to, to drive the, the bifurcated model to make them more efficient so that while they're at the property, they can collect information quickly, accurately, and, and submit it instantaneously when they're, when they're done. And we do that using mobile technologies and uh, alongside of, of uh, uh, computer vision and 3D scanning. Talk about the 3D scanning. That is interesting. It, it really is. It's cool stuff. I mean, that's that's what it, it, it's probably the most excited I've been in my profession overall in terms of what we what we're working on right now and and where we're kind of heading, you know, from a industry perspective around property data collection. So you know, everyone's probably familiar with a virtual tour, right? You've been on the MLS right. or looking, you know, searching around on real realtor.com or, or or one of the listing platforms, and you can click in and you've got photos, but you can click on the virtual tour and you can kind of walk through the home virtually. So those are generated using cameras that basically you set up in, in you know, one to two what we call scans or spins in, in each room where the, the camera takes a 360-degree photo from that spot. And as you move through the house, taking scans from each location from each room, the computer vision can stitch all of those together to create that virtual tour. But what else it wow. can do is with all of the machine learning and advancement in, in uh, photo recognition and, and tools in that space, they can also extract measurements. They can capture information like floor material. We have an asset capture function, so you can get the year, make, model of all the uh, major appliances in the home. You can <laughs> smart exciting. tag. So if, if, you're in a, if you're in a living room, for instance, and actually because of the HDR technologies now that they can deploy, is it takes three different apertures. So each spin does the 360, but within that, there's three different apertures taken for different light levels. And so okay. it's really the technology that is able to get the best photo quality by merging those different apertures together, as I understand it. And I'm not the engineer behind, but oh, that's, that's a real 
secret sauce what these guys are doing. And, but it's really how you can merge that to create the best photo quality. And so you can be in a dark room. We, we've got, you know, examples with no electricity on a cloudy day, and you're still able to get high-level quality photos out of those properties. Amazing. It's continuing to advance. And uh, what, what, that, what that really does, uh, David, is now that downstream appraiser who's dependent on this information that's being provided to them, you know, up to right. this point, maybe they've had some photos and some data, and they're like, gosh, you know, I see something in this photo. You know, is that water that I'm seeing in that water damage in that back corner? But I, I can't zoom in and the photo's kind of dark and I'm, I'm concerned. So I really want, I feel like I need to go visit this property. Now, now we're giving them or something that could be missed even worse, right? Some major yeah. functional utility issue uh, and the floor plan, like you have to walk through one bedroom to get into the other. The, the computer vision generates a very detailed floor plan, you know, measurements down to the room level. And it really gives that downstream appraiser the comfort they need to be able to say, yeah, I, I can do a credible valuation for my desktop using this information. And it also provides a lot more transparency for downstream participants and stakeholders in the mortgage process with secondary markets, mortgage insurance companies, investors. Now they're, now they're getting a lot more information about the property than what they've been provided before with, a, with an appraisal and some photos in it. Yeah, it's very exciting what you could do. What about things like, I, I started my career 46 years ago up in Seattle. I used to be an appraiser. They trained me as that. So I did that partly through the management training program as a part of it. And one of the things up there, they deal with dry rot. Are you able to, with the scanning, actually get in and start looking at structural potential problems there? To what degree is it currently, is the technology currently, and where do you see it going, Scott? Where it can go is really un unlimited, right? I mean, the technologies that are being used here are the same technologies that are being used to drive self-propelled vehicles, right? So we continue to advance so rapidly now in, in the technology sectors that, what's that all saying? Like, the, the, the world is our oyster, right? It's, it's going to continue right. to advance and go off in a lot of different directions. Today, I would say, you know, you're really restricted to, from a visual, uh, you know, what you can identify visually is what you're going right. to be able to glean through the scan. So if it's something that is visually transparent, you're going to see it in the, in the scan. You know, an example, another example would be you can't hide. You know, we know if a room has been missed in the scan. We actually did a test where someone went out and they, they, they skipped a room. And when that came back in, the, the computer can point out that, hey, there's a missing room here. Somebody didn't scan one of the rooms in this home. And so it's, it's fully transparent. That's it's, good. It's extremely locked down so nobody can manipulate it. And so we have a raw data file of what that property looked like at time of origination. You know, this is all really fun talking about what's possible with technology as you actually appraise a home. But let's talk about what the value is to lenders. Speed comes to mind. Obviously, we're going to get appraisals done at a faster rate, hopefully, and most likely at a lower cost. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I really think, as we talked earlier, what everybody's looking for is, is cycle time. And we used to always say, well, what, what's it matter if it takes a week or 10 days to get an appraisal done? And, you know, historically, when we were waiting on underwriters to gather all, you know, pay stubs and all this other information yeah. that they had to get, tax statements and, you know, bank statements, et cetera, it, it really didn't matter. But now that's all been digitized, right? That stuff all comes in instantaneously. And so we're left here with the appraisal turn time is becoming a challenge in the, in the cycle time. And so we have to be able to drive cycle times down in, in our industry. And, you know, the, the idea is if, if we have appraisers, let's, let's say we know ahead of time that desktop appraisal is going to be required, 
and we're gathering this information that can be uploaded to the cloud from the property through cellular technologies. Now there's another appraiser waiting for that information to come back in and able to do the desktop and the analysis and the report immediately after inspection within hours versus the way it would work today is, you know, most appraisers go out in the field and they inspect four or five properties and then they, they go back home and, you know, sit at their, their desk over the next two to three days. They type those appraisals and, and, you know, you might be on the front side of that. You might be on the back side of that. Right. And so it, right. it really helps to cut that cycle time down and deliver more instantaneous results. There's, there's lots of other cool stuff and concepts that, you know, we, we can't talk about in great detail, but, you know, when and how we can capture this information up front so that we can have more instantaneous results in the process as well or things that are being talked about and, and considered. And, you know, when you have the technology like, like the 3D scanning, it, it really opens the doors up for a, a lot more opportunity. And, and from a, you know, credit risk perspective, providing waivers on these properties, it also brings a lot more transparency to that process. Um, and we can collect a lot more detailed data, like, I mean, the volume of rooms, the quality of construction can, can really be quantified because of the information that's being captured through the, the digital scanning. And the condition of the property now is extremely transparent. You can't argue over it because it's, it's right in front of you. And you have a, a virtual tour to look at to really display what the condition of these properties are. So their lenders are going to have a better look at the property and they're going to get it, the product faster. And the cost, is that, do you really envisioning the cost going down or is the cost of technology going to keep the cost of appraisals where it's at? So, uh, you know, that's a good question. I think long-term there, there is definitely a chance that we're going to see costs go down. I mean, well, and think about it this way. If, if you only need a property inspection and the desktop is not required, you're saving a lot of costs there, right? Because you're not having right. to do that whole second part of the, of the process. The technology is not that expensive, I think it's about the individuals that we end up with in the field doing the work uh, and what their cost models are. But yeah, I, I think I think long term we are going to see a reduction in, in cost, and definitely in those outlying markets where right. costs on appraisals, quite frankly, have just gotten out of hand. Right? Yes. Maybe not in yeah, your more so. MSA major MSAs where appraisal cost is is not really you know that out of hand currently as it stands today. I think it's more about yeah. driving quality and speed. Yeah. The two key items. Which really kind of goes to what's the future of certifications going to look like? I mean, we have all these requirements for the guys that used to go out, guys and gals that were certified. Is this technology going to make the certification process uh, less onerous? Are, are there potentially more talent coming to the market as a result of this? So, I, you know, I think that's a good question. I definitely think that the technologies that are coming out will impact the skill level potentially that is necessary in, in the field. But at the same time, there's lots of discussion around what that looks like, right? We know these people are going into consumers' homes. That's a really important part of the process is, is public trust and, and uh, right. safety and soundness, right? And so I think there's a, there's a lot of consideration. That, that's, again, what right now, class, we only work with appraisers in this process and our test and learn pilots. Um, we're not testing any alternate labor forces. We believe in trying to make appraisers more efficient, and, and hopefully with that could also bring down costs if, if we can get them out doing more and making more money as well as being able to reduce yeah. costs for the consumer yes. at the same time. And I think it yeah. will bring more people in. I think when you bring technology into an industry, 
that's when you start to attract younger talent to want to come and participate. I, I don't think it's been that attractive over the last few years. You know, who really wants to go out and drag a tape on the outside of the house using, you know, a clipboard <laughs> and paper and pencil, go back yep. and type in uh, essentially a, a uh, word processor to, to generate a report. I think we need to make it more exciting and I think that's the next step we'll see in the industry is we're going to start to see a lot of disruption in, in leveraging analytics and creating more credible results, you know, using data and analytics at the desktop for these appraisers as well. We already touched on the future of the appraisal industry and the space, generally speaking. Big data. Data has just got to be so huge. You alluded to that earlier. Talk more about what do you think is the potential data could have, and then what are other some of the drivers that could have a big impact on the future? As uh, big data starts to, to make a play in the industry, which, which it already somewhat has through appraisal waivers and you know AVMs, which get utilized not so much directly in the, in the origination space. But you know, 10, 15 years ago, when people were really concerned about AVMs and using analytics in, in valuation, you know, we didn't have computers driving cars. And with the advancement of technologies, I do think that's going to continue to become more and more of an impact to our profession. I believe that the right way to go is to create kind of a dual approach where you're providing appraisers with this information to be able to sift through. I, I think it's important that a human with skill be able to engage in that process. And I think that's where the really good appraisers are going to end up in the future. They're, they're going to become more of an analyst leveraging a lot more data and information at their fingertips versus just pulling comps out of an MLS platform and, and making, you know, a paired sales analysis, you know, adjustments in an Excel spreadsheet. I think we're going to start to see computers and technology and data play a bigger role in the appraisal process. And I think the only way we keep the profession credible is by doing that. Otherwise, the industry will start to look for uh, other alternatives. And I think the appraisers play an important role in, in the process. And, and I think if we continue to advance the tools that we provide them, you know, they'll, they'll continue to uh, you know, be a big part of the mortgage process. Well, it's getting proper valuations done on a property is not going to change. It's the collateral that makes our – it's really the backbone that supports the whole rate structure where we're at is the collateral. And I think it's so important that we have these kind of discussions. I'm encouraged by what I hear you're developing, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to join us today, Scott. And I'm really excited to hear about more changes as they develop. I'd like to have you back and talk more as you see things developing. There's a lot of, at the rate of change, at the rate of development, we certainly can be doing another one of these very soon. I hope to have you back. I would love that, uh, absolutely. And, and we're doing a, a lot more tests and learns out there right now, and um, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Come, come the first of uh, next year, I think there'll be a lot more to talk about. Well, let's plan on having you back at the first part of next year or at the end of this year to talk about what we can anticipate in the new year. Very exciting. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it. We've had as our guest today, Scott Rose, Chief Innovation Officer for Class Valuation, located in Troy, but uh, he's located in beautiful Colorado along with Michael Detwaller and a lot of the team there. So a lot of innovation coming out of this company. Folks, pay attention to it. If you have not gotten a hold of a representative of Class Valuation, I encourage you to do so. Go to their website, classvaluation.com and check it out. Thank you so much again, Scott, for being here with me today. David, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it. Good interview. I enjoyed that. Going back, you know, you record these, then you go back and listen to them, and you realize there's a lot of good content in there. So anyway, thanks. Really appreciate Scott joining us. 
Uh, next week, we have Dr. Alan Bernard returning to the podcast. Dr. Bernard is one of the leading decision scientists and the Theory of Constraint Experts, TOC, Theory of Constraint Experts. We're going to be having him talk about things that he's looking at and also talk about an upcoming master class on the Theory of Constraints, how to manage in a world that is changing and how you can make good decisions. So you want to tune into next week's podcast. Again, his specialties is developing innovative decision support methods and applications to help individuals manage teams and do it better and faster and making decisions better and faster. Uh, by the way, his last interview, Paul just made me aware of, is April 29th. Be sure to check out that podcast, April 29th. That's it for this week. Be sure to check out previous podcasts on our website, Look at Unlending, as well as you can go download any one of the segments uh, that we have and listen to it by itself or that on to colleagues if you find it interesting. We like your feedback. Please contact us with information about what you like, things about the podcast, things you think we could do better. Special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finastra, ResX Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, the MBA, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, the CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Velma, as well as KnowledgeCoop, Vidyard, and AI Assist. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in becoming a podcast sponsor, get a hold of us. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week when we have Dr. Alan Bernard as our guest. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.